Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic hits. There are more than 10,000 people homeless in Ireland, according to the figures for the sixth month in a row. This is according to the latest figures, by the way, from the Department of Housing. New figures show that 10,275 people are in emergency accommodation. Charities have expressed disappointment after the July figures increased for the first time in recent months, with a total of 10,275 people in emergency accommodation in Ireland, 6,497 of those are adults, and 3,778 are children. Now, the figures show that 1,721 families are homeless in Ireland, and in Dublin, 4,300 homeless adults in July, with 221 families deemed homeless. And now, I'm going to break down the figures a little bit more for you in my own head in a few minutes. But, well, I'll do it now, actually, because let's not move away from that, okay? If you do the maths on this, and well, you don't even have to do the maths, you just have to look at the numbers, you can clearly see that many of the families will be single-parent families based on the amount of children, based on the amount of families, based on the amount of homeless people. Um, and, you know, if it's a mother, say, with three children, it's unlikely that she's working because it would be difficult to work in that circumstance where you might have three young children. So it's unlikely that it's necessary for them to be in a particular place, which is relevant to what I'm going to talk about. In June 2019, 10,172 people were living in emergency accommodation because that's what we call homeless now. Uh, July's figures show that 103 more people were in emergency accommodation compared to June. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean there's 103 people more. That's very simple statistics because some of those people of the 10,000 initial people would have got homes and been replaced by other people. So the 10,000 people that you're seeing this year in comparison to last year are probably not the same 10,000 people. Uh, I would imagine maybe six or 7,000 of those already got housed and the six or 7,000 new ones to replace them, so to speak. And according to Owen Murphy, we continue to do everything we can to get people out of homelessness, but the increase in July just shows uh, this remains a huge challenge. Uh, the minister said there are fewer families and children in emergency accommodation today than this time last year. Not very much fewer, but however. Speaking on the radio yesterday afternoon, uh, Owen Murphy said the government would have to continue committing time and resources to the issue. Asked about reports that homeless families might be moved to other parts of the country and away from the local communities, he said, no, nobody is going to be forced to do anything. I won't be moving any families out of their area of choice, he said. Now, homelessness remains, of course, one of the major political issues in Ireland. And with Murphy at the receiving end of the, uh, I suppose, most of the significant criticism in recent months for his approach to the homeless crisis. Today, I want to know if you agree with the housing minister's comments yesterday. Do we agree that homeless families should be relocated to an area of their choice? Some would say uh, they should be grateful for whatever place they are given, whereas others will say yes. And they should be, re- should be relocated where they want to go. A single-parent family from Dublin for, uh, to the likes of Limerick, away from their extended family and support system, is unjust and unfair, according to some people. But what do you think? Should people be allowed to be fussy as to where they want to live, particularly if they don't need to be there? I mean, they can argue about, oh, my kids go to school there, but it's quite easy to relocate children. You know, if you move house, you have to relocate your children anyway. So should people be given the choice? When somebody says, I want to live in Tala. I want to live in Nakanahini. I want to live wherever it happens to be. Should they be given the choice? Or should the housing department say, well, look, we don't have anywhere in Tala, but we have a lovely spot for you in Carlow. We have a lovely spot for you in Kildare, Port Leash. It's a nice three-bedroom house, better than the one-bedroom Kippies are living in at the moment. Wouldn't that be great? Should people have to accept that? Let me know what you think. Do you think families should be allowed to dictate to the Department of Housing where they should be located or relocated to? Let me know what you think. The number is 087 Should families be allowed to dictate where they live? Joining me in the studio 
is a man who is no friend of the people who are homeless, probably. Carl Dieter. Uh, Carl! No friend of the homeless. <laughs> well, just the comments. That's the you... worst introduction I could ever have hoped for. Well, I'm taking, I'm taking an objective view here, Carl, right? Because... You've, people are giving out about you sometimes. They say, uh, Carl is a great man for the facts, for the figures, but he's not thinking of the human aspect of this. And it's all well and good to say that Mary, with her three kids, who wants to live in Tala, can't get a house in Tala, so we'll move her off to Kildare. She'll be grand and happy in a nice little community down there. But she doesn't want to go there. Yeah, well, look, I, I suppose I've always taken the view... Don't take it in the intro personally, that, by the way. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not though, but that, that the masses are asses. Just because lots of people think something doesn't make it right. Like, like that doesn't mean anything to me. And so sometimes I will say things that, that might annoy people. And in the past, I have said, look, I have got to think about this from the perspective of a parent. And if I was a parent and I want to prioritize my position in homelessness in a certain area above that of having a home in a different area, then whose needs am I satisfying in that? Because I don't believe that the children are best served in that instance. I don't think logically you can say that being homeless in Dublin city centre is preferable to being housed, say, in Kildare Town. And I, I often wonder why people would make that choice if the choice... Or living in a kip elsewhere. in Dublin city, because that might be all that's available. Yeah, and I wonder who, whose interests are they well, best okay, serving. And I'm taking an objective view, because I agree with you, and I have said this on many occasions, and I was only having a laugh at you to start, but I do agree with you, and I've said this on many occasions. But So let me take the objective view. The objective view is that they've grown up in those communities. We had a girl on the air here one day. She grew up in Ring's End. Her granny, her granddad, her mom, yeah. her dad. Great. Everybody that she knows and her support is in Ring's End. Unfortunately, she's a single mom now with two kids. She's on the housing list. She's in temporary accommodation. And she wants somewhere in, you know, Irishtown or Ring's End okay. to live. Well, the, the short version is, is that, look, this is a big and fascinating world and people are always going all sorts of everywhere and finding new lives and leaving places. I think that that attitude is symptomatic of, of, a, of an indoctrinated mind where it's like, I can only live here or nowhere. It's either this or the world evaporates around me. And so I think that's got to be balanced against, okay, well, if you believe that you have a right to live somewhere, what shape does that right take? And I'd say, okay, look, if you're saying that that's the only place you can live and you're in emergency accommodation in that area now or somewhere close to it, then you go on the waiting list. And that waiting list might be four months. It might be four years. It might be Depending on your priority, yeah. Yeah. And, and that you've got to sit there and, and not complain because you've, you've made it clear that your priority is such that you have to live there. Well, then you will live in what's available uh, and that, you know, you will end up waiting. Or maybe you could have this really lovely house in the Midlands, which is nice and in a, a good community. And you can make new friends and live a new life where your kids are given better facilities, better access it's to It's all well and good us saying that, and, and I'd say the same thing, and it's all well and good us saying that, but for that person or that young woman, or man for that matter, um, who ends up in that situation with three kids with no support and having to move their kids to a different school and having to get buses and taxis or, I don't know, the use of a car to get back to Dublin just to visit their granny, you know, it's all well, a little well, bit well, much, well, isn't it? No, well, grannies can travel too, and many grannies do, and grannies do offer a lot of support because about 70% of grandparents at the moment are actually helping uh, their grandchildren in some way with some level of child support, and that can't be overlooked. But let's also not overlook the situation of what living in emergency accommodation, of living in a and b is doing to a child versus a more stable environment that might be possible. And all I'm saying is that there's a balance to be struck there and we can't get into this idea that you have some God-given right to a, ge a geographical location. 
But we, we, we've all, we've also got another problem. We have 7,000 vacant units in Leitrim, for example, right? Yeah. Okay. Nobody wants to live in Leitrim because the facilities aren't there. Well, there's there's not enough school. Now oh, well, apart from people who live in Leitrim. But no, I'm just saying, because I don't mean Leitrim is that bad of a place. I want to say, I'm, after <laughs> after me, the most offended people today are the people in Leitrim. <laughs> the 30,000 folks. I'm with you, Leitrim. I will never give up on you. But there isn't enough schools, infrastructure in some of these small towns and villages where, where the government might get a good deal on building houses or using vacant houses that are already there, be it coast estates or whatever it happens to be. So there isn't enough facilities for people. We talk about this all the time. We talk about immigration, that we can bring people in, but there's no facilities for them. So there's no schools. There's no GPs offices. There isn't enough, certainly. Um, you know, the nearest hospital is miles and miles away, but we've got three or four young kids. So that's why we have a problem where 27% of the population, for example, live in Dublin, mm-hmm. which is a huge problem geographically in this country. That's not a huge problem. It's great. And the rest of the population live in Cork, Limerick and Galway. Yeah. And we have a few people scattered in the middle somewhere. Yeah. Well, what we can do is we can take one of two approaches. We can either look at utilizing uh, things that we have have elsewhere. So again, it's about this idea of balancing. It's like, yes, I might be close to a school, uh, but I'm living in a B&B. Yes, I might be close to a hospital. Again, I'm living in a B&B. Or do you go for the choice of, I might live in an area that doesn't have all of these things as much as I would like, but it's a nicer place. Uh, it typically might have lower crime because a lot of emergency accommodation is located in inner city Yeah, but some people, are, rural people are used to living in isolation. When I say isolation, but, but where they have to travel. In, in a housing estate, we're not saying I, isolation no, 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 up at Boreen. Yeah, like yeah, this, there's, these empty houses are quite often but they're, they tend, housing estates that are in the town. But they, like, they tend to be away from, you know, I suppose, well, metropolitan places. Right, well, if that's what you want to call any part of Ireland metropolitan. But they said they tend to be away. Like you're not. Gonna, I mean, when I, I live in a city, I've always lived in a city, mm-hmm. so I'm used to being able to. You know, I think I go to Harvey Norman's at two o'clock in the afternoon. I need to get something. I, I'm used to be able to just go in there and doing these and how do you the get Pavilion there? Shopping Centre in a car. Obviously. Okay, so if we're talking about people in emergency accommodation, would we be right to say that quite often they wouldn't own a thing like a car? So their world is an entirely different shape than yours. Already, even though you might be living and working in the same city or doing everything in the same city, their kind of view of the topography of life might be more oriented around trains, buses. So there are places that are in rural Ireland where there's lots of transport links. Uh, you'd have places like Mullingar. It's served by trains, it's served by buses. If you do have a car, there's an expressway all the way there. There's no traffic light between there and, and so are yeah, you telling me there's no reason why Mary and her three kids or Johnny and his three kids who are on the housing list according to them or in temporary accommodation, by the way, who are classed as homeless, uh, do you believe there's no reason why the state should turn to and say, listen, here's your first option. We have a house in Mullingar, nice, beautiful three-bedroom house in an estate. Should they be just forced to take that? The word force comes no one said he's not going to force anyone. Yeah, well, uh, well he's not, he, his whole thing is he doesn't want to force anything. And look, that's fine. I think it should be offered. Is he playing to the gallery? Of course he is. Do you think, he, do you think if he really had a choice, he'd force people out? Um, I think that, okay, let's get into the, the mind if, if of, he didn't of get a politician. Back, okay, well, if he didn't get backlash to it, right, which he, which he would, right, and he didn't get the, you know, the, the Paul Murphys of this world and the Rue Coppingers and everything else having a go with him over it, the lefties, if he didn't get backlash over it, do you think he'd just do it and just say, listen, if your first option is Mullingar and you live in Dublin and you want to tell her, I'm sorry, that's all you're getting, and if you don't take it, you're on the street. Yeah, well, look, I mean, like... I think that would be a bit harsh. And in that respect, I would commend the many private school educated people on the left who uh, stand up for for that kind of thing. At the same time, though, I think it should be on offer. I think that you should a person should be able to say, do I have choices? And a, a big problem in the past was that if there was a house available in Mullingar, it wasn't available to a person in Dublin City Council catchment area. So I think that making it possible is different than forcing it.
But equally, I would say you have to balance that with, is my situation such that I have the right to complain about it while also turning downing housing? while saying no to certain forms of housing because it but might but be a not one, just, but not where I want. But the problem is they're not just turning down, you know, the, the person who wants the house in Tala, for example, is not just turning down Mullingar. You know, they're turning down Swords. They're turning down Lusk. They're turning down other parts but that's of why, Dublin and the that's greater why they area. They changed the way the housing list works, that if you keep on refusing places, you know, you're going to go to the back of the queue. And I, I, I think that there's some compulsion issues around there that people have to say, look, if you want the, the state to house you, it doesn't mean you get an unlimited a la carte menu. Equally, though, I think we need to relook at the entire area of social housing because it should be done on a series of five-year renewed tenancies so that why do we have a family of six in a one-bed? That's really wrong. That family of six should be given a three-bed. Equally, though, we have 5,000 examples in Dublin City alone where there's one person occupying a two-, three-, and four-bed social house they should be making room for the family of six. They're in a one bed and some kind of rotating system where you because say, look, the argument if, is that if, if you want the state to house yeah. you, you will be housed, but it doesn't mean you get to occupy where, this where, address Where were you forever. raised? Were you, were you in corporation housing or uh, purchased housing as they called it years ago? I was, uh, I was born in Los Angeles and okay. we lived in a, a small bungalow in uh, an area that was uh, on the edge of Redondo Beach in Lawndale, which wouldn't be... Yeah, no, that, an American okay. rough, by the way, okay. makes Irish rough look calm. So I, know, I just, I would have to, <laughs> I know. you know, what do they call it over there? Section eight, and social housing is called section eight. Isn't oh, it? you have different things. You have things like housing projects. You've got HUD homes, which are housing urban development homes, and trailer um, parks. You've got them too, yeah. And yeah. and you know, those you don't really get them in cities as such. That would be more rural, poverty, yeah. lower. You wouldn't get away with that in this but country. But I've got families who. who you know, members of my family have lived in trailers and there's nothing wrong with that. You live according to your means and according to what you can do with what's available. And if you want something better, you got to work and for there, it. There's nothing wrong with that. Like, okay, people but, look at okay, that but, as but, if it's like, oh, go back to what you said about you, this idea of moving people on after a few years or, you know, rent reviews or whatever it is or tenancy reviews. So are you saying to me that Mary and John get married, right? Mary and John have no money, so yeah. Mary and John get social housing. Let's they've, house them. I'm okay, with you. Okay, they've they've three kids. Okay, that's great. Let's they've, house them. Great. Okay, so there's the family of five all housed. Wonderful. Eighteen years time, three yeah. kids move on. John dies. Mary's there on her own. That's her house. She's lived there all her life. Are you saying we it's turf not, her out? Well, okay. Let's be clear. It's actually not her house. That house belongs well, she's, to the state. Absolutely, but she's lived there all her she, life. Okay. Okay, that's fine. And I'm not. Do we turf her out? That. I'm only asking. I know it sounds harsh, but what, what I would be saying is okay. Because that's a very common, you know, problem. Isn't can, it? can I turn this around for just a second, right? Niall, would you like to rent a one-bed home on the private market? Let's just say it's twelve hundred euro, and you say yes, I would because I can afford twelve hundred euro. And then I say, Niall, would you like to rent a four-bed house on the private market? And you say, well, it'd be bigger, you know, obviously. And I said, but it's also twelve hundred euro. Would you like the four-bed? Yeah, of course oh, I would. Yeah. Of course you would. You know why? Because you're normal. And because that's the issue, is that council rents are determined on the person, not on the size of the property. And that is a ruse. And you can rent a four-bed home and bang in the middle of Dublin 4 for about 250 a month when the same thing costs anyone else about three grand. And that's why people don't move. And this whole, oh, I have to have this house in this area, nonsense. I've had 27 addresses in my life and I've always been a part of every community I've been in. You know why? Because I'm interested. I take part. I get to know my neighbours. I say hello to people. If you're some kind of person who says, I can only live in one area one way, you know what that is? It's a xenophobe. It's a hillbilly. You should be ashamed of that trait. 
That's nothing to be proud of. There's a lot of people like that in Dublin. I want to live in Fingless. Let them be. Fingless, they, they consider be. it a community. I will let them know that they're being a xenophobe. So they're afraid of so new people. Who, afraid who, of new things. Because they always say the reason the value of these houses are so high is because young people from the area who get married want to move back. They want to move into their own area where they've grown up. Are you saying they're hillbillies? And let them. And let are them. they hillbillies? Well, if I'm saying that you're afraid or... You will not live somewhere else because it means going outside of the norm of what you're used to. Well, I do. No, that's like not a problem for me. Like you. What other word is it? Wouldn't it? bother me in the slightest to move anywhere. But it doesn't. But if you're talking about people who say, I will not move out of the area that I know, the people that I'm related to, and the things and the faces that I have always been around all my life, what other description is, for, is there for that? Like, I don't know. You tell me. Because to me... That's someone who is unwilling to experience anything new with anybody new. But they, maybe, new maybe they'll tell you they will just rely on the community. But stay there for a second. Uh, okay, keep texting and keep WhatsApping. If you're living in any of those areas and you want to remain in those areas, clearly, according to Carl Dieter, you're a hillbilly. Uh, Stephen, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, Stephen? Yeah, good morning, yourself. Uh, Stephen, you live in Fingless, actually, don't you? I do, Nate. Yeah, but you're not a hillbilly. Okay, all right. Absolutely not. <laughs> okay, okay. You, I mean, could you live outside? I mean, you were raised in Fingless, yeah? No, I was raised in Cabra and I moved into Fingless. Then no, it's not too far away, really. It's, no, it's a small no, town. Same type of could you? Would you be all right if you know if you had to move in the future, say to move to Balbriggan or to move to you know the other side of the city or somewhere? That would, would that be okay with you? No, I would move wherever my situation dictated to me, and I wouldn't be fussy about it. I'd, uh, I'd be quite happy to take whatever help we could get. Good man, Stephen. Now, See, uh, common say, sense. Uh, up till today, I was I had a bit of little bit of sympathy for Owen Murphy, but I think he's absolutely crazy here today. He's just giving people another excuse to hang around Dublin and make the actual house. And this is going to actually encourage people onto the list because they're going to say, "Well, he's not going to encourage me down to feckin' Wexford or Sligo as you're talking about, or out, so, of the, or out of the city, or out of my chosen area." And sure, he's talking about both sides of his hat. Was he not trying to get them to move out last year? But he's not even talking about, I'm not going to force them out of the city. What he's saying is, and I'm quoting, I won't be moving any families out of their area of choice. So in other words, if I choose to live in Swords, or if I choose to live in Finglas, Owen is going to accommodate me. Here's an interesting thing, Niall. Imagine, imagine you're one of these people that says, I have to live in area B or Y or whatever it is because of my family in that area. But then you've got someone else who is working and they're having to rent far away because there's not housing available in area B or Y because they can't afford it. Why do we prioritize the housing needs of people who quite often aren't working against those who, who don't need to be there? We are is told is right. We are told He's terrified to of the left backlash, Carl, isn't he? I, think, I do think that that is a, a very real thing. And, and the left have what I would call liberal fascism, where they're so woke that if, you, if you, you either agree in full or they shut you down. For instance, on the WhatsApp, I'm pretty sure there's people saying, oh, there's that F word, C word, whatever word you want, Nazi, racist, all these different things. When in fact, I know that I'm not, so I don't care what the masses call me. It gets back to that idea of the masses being asses. Just because there's a big opinion out there, I can still in my heart know that it's wrong and defend my position logically without having to rely on that kind of stuff. But there are people who, when the, the, the gallery starts screaming, they just go with whatever they say because they're afraid of it. And that, that's something that I think also 
is part of, of being a bit younger. And I think mm-hmm. Owen Murphy is very young for the station that he holds. There's a status uh, way. Somebody went to my text and said, oh, well, I'll go to that multimillionaire, Carl Dieter. You're, you're not a multimillionaire by any stretch of the imagination. Well, Niall, I mean, <laughs> you've seen the, 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 like, the life I lead. I saw I, show, I showed up here on, a, on an old second-hand motorcycle. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I'm working every day in town. Uh, if I could be a multimillionaire, I would be proud of it. And I hope to be one day. But I'm not even like a, a single millionaire yet. I'm not even like <laughs> so three young kids, mortgages, all the normal stuff. I live a normal life, but I won't have an impoverished mindset. And that's the difference. Okay, I so, will not have but, a so Stephen, do you, do you believe that people, I mean, the, we've 10,200 people roughly on the, uh, in homeless accommodation, right, you know, who are claiming to be homeless. Now, I personally believe we've redefined the word homeless, but now whenever, uh, yeah. or are saying they're homeless. Do you believe that those people should be told, well, listen, we've got a nice house for you in Kildare, Mullingar, as Carl suggested, and they should have to take it, if indeed their circumstances are that they're not working, for example, which many of them probably wouldn't be. Of course they should, and the, 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 free, the space in the city should be freed up for people who want to walk in the city, and do walk in the city. Should there be a call, so to speak, and I don't mean, obviously, you know, death, I mean, but should there be a call in the sense that, we, as Carl suggested, we should have uh, reviews of all the council housing in the city centre and say, okay, you're there, you know, 20 years. You're not working. You're not doing that. You're not contributing. Let's move you out and put yeah. this up for private rental. Should have been done 20 years ago, Noel. Longer ago, even. You've got people uh, living in a, a four-bedroom house on their own, a, a woman. You know what I mean? That lady could be moved out into a, a small little nice cottage or something, somewhere that's, uh, that she likes. And then that house is freed up. Of course that makes sense. But again, they're terrified to do this type of thing. We actually need somebody that would step up with a pair of Lee Rowdy and take on the idiots on the left. All right, listen, I have to take a break. Keep texting. And by the way, the number is 087-188-0008. Is Carl Dieter right? He's suggesting that, you know, there's people on the housing list who are being too fussy. He doesn't agree with Owen Murphy. And if you don't want the house or you don't get a house in the area of your choice, that you should be just moved out if you don't need to be there. And you should be just happy with it. And anybody who demands that they stay in their own area, be it Finglas or be it any of those places, you're just a hillbilly, clearly. <laughs> So Jim, by the way, says, Carl Dieter is dead right. It's not a bloody menu. Uh, there's people, uh, there's people are being served. They have no home. They cannot be, uh, they cannot provide a home for their children. Uh, make most, make the most of it and be thankful that the taxpayers are supporting you. Okay, keep texting and keep WhatsApping. And the person says, Carl should consider a new profession, maybe a public relations officer for Reiner. All right, welcome back. And I'm joined in the studio by Carl Dieter. And we're talking about the homeless crisis. Oh, well, Carl doesn't believe it. Is it a crisis, Carl? Of course it is. Like you can't. I mean, you, you, can't. You, you do accept there's a problem, don't you? Of course I do. Okay, so whose fault is the problem? It's the fault of a lot of things. Um, I always believe in 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 the. It's life starts with you. So I think that a lot of people who end up in bad Personal situations have made bad decisions in the past that affect them today. I don't think you can have this conversation without accepting that. I think that there's a uh, a larger problem of a housing problem where we've gone from the biggest housing crash in the world to reinflating. Uh, prices to the extent that going from huge oversupply to mass undersupply, like to do that so effectively is either genius or utter mismanagement. I think that there are issues around people's ability to improve their lot in life. Uh, I think that we focus too much on welfare and not enough on better forms of uh, education within welfare so people could upskill because there's a lot of jobs that when they're lost, they're not coming back. Um, So there's a host of different things. Uh, Okay, so it's it's not all to be just laid at the feet of Owen Murphy. 
it, I think it would be ridiculous to say that Owen Murphy is personally responsible for each one of those 10,000 people. Now, to an extent, from an oversight view, he is because he's a minister of housing. But to say that he is responsible for their outcomes in life, which today being the culmination of things they could have done for the last 15 years, I think that's just ridiculous. That, that okay, is- but could you realistically ever keep up with the, with the demand for social housing? Because if you did keep up with the demand for social housing, we'd have too many houses, wouldn't we? Uh, because yeah. we would like to think that many people in social housing will better themselves and move on. Well, that's a really interesting thing because what we're actually seeing is we're at this crossroads at the moment where we are at, at, at the point where private sector supply and demand is somewhat being satisfied. And you can see that because the amount of planning applications and the amount of completions and, and the way that the central bank rules and various things are working uh, is meaning that developers aren't ramping up supply. But then you've got all the people who can't afford. And for them... It's much like healthcare. There's a lot more needed, and you can throw almost as much money as you want at it, but it's slow to fix, and it takes a lot of time. Now, we have seen thousands would it, would of... It, would, would it not be, and it is just my thinking, and you know about this better than me, would it not be a bad idea to fix it? Because if you have, let's say, for example, at the current day of the moment, 90,000 people on the housing list, right? Mm-hmm. And let's say tomorrow you could wave a magic wand and we could build 90,000 houses in one year and supply every single one of those people with a three-bedroom house. I would imagine, I would like to think that many of those people or a percentage of those people would better themselves and want to purchase their own house in the future. Or I would like to think they would anyway. Which way would they have to get one for nothing? But, but, and it's, it's not for nothing, but it's heavily discounted. Okay. And, and it stays subsidized discounted for life. Subsidised with the state. Okay. But I would like to think that they would better themselves and then we would be left with a lot of vacant homes if we, if we actually managed it that well. Would we not? Um, well, it would, it would be to determine where are those people living now. So, for instance, it's not as if all of those people are living in houses and they're waiting for a social Most house. Most of them are in private occupying. rental, aren't they? A lot of them are. Yeah. Um, and On obviously, like, 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 but if you're in HAP, your, your, your rent is not that far different than if you're in social housing. So, why the are cost you, of HAP is $25 million in Dublin so alone per month. Yeah, I, I often look at that figure. About half of that goes back in taxation. So, it's really, it's really more like a far lower figure. Okay, and, well, and the second thing is that HAP, everyone complains about HAP, but let me tell you this, if we didn't have HAP, the ho- homeless numbers would be like four or five times bigger because without HAP, HAP is rapid. It's instant delivery. Well, near instant. Whereas if you were to say, no, let's just go and build a house, like you'd take three years before you could get started, another year to build it, and then you'd have, what, like say 60 houses with what you spend on, on HAP in a certain amount of time. And that will do a tiny dent. HAP is like leasing cars. If you need a load of cars tomorrow, would you go out and buy a fleet of cars? Or would you go and lease cars or rent cars for the time that you needed them? It gets back to this idea that social housing, you, you shouldn't go into social housing with the view that now I'm a social tenant for life. There should be an exit well, people route. people do. Yeah, but you see, that's like... People get, are signing up on the housing list at the age of 18. That's like getting the doll and believing you should get the doll for life. Social housing should be there to help you when you need it. And then... As things improve, you raise the rents. We hear about the Vienna model. You know what the most astounding thing about Vienna is? The rents are about twice as much as what you pay here. And that's why it's sustainable. So we can't have a conversation about lots of expensive housing without really talking about... So people about are in social housing now on subsidised rent and low rents who have improved their situation and maybe got better salaries or maybe there's a couple of kids working in the even, house. Even if, you, even if you get rent reviews, because everyone says, oh, yeah, we pay, you know, we have a, a rent calculator that's done... And, and it calculates the rents. And if your income goes up, your rent goes up. Let me tell you this. I've actually made a calculator to, to calculate differential rents based in Dublin. And if you're a couple earning €150,000, your rent on a three or four bed house or any house at all 
is about 800 euro a month. Okay? Let's just be clear. You can't even get a bed sit nearly for that price. So okay. the differential rents are calculated to be artificially low. That's why people never leave. Okay. They should go to market rents if you can afford them. Okay, very quickly. I need to go to a couple of calls here. Neve, you're on Classic Kids. How do you do, Neve? Hi, Nala. How are you? Good. Uh, well, your situation, because we kind of vaguely spoke about a situation like yours, where your partner worked in Dublin, but you had to move to Wexford. Yeah, he still works in Dublin. He works the far side of Dublin. He works near Coolock. Um I moved on my own. 18 years ago with a two-month-old baby to Wicklow because I couldn't afford to rent in Dublin. Thought it was the end of the world. But it forced me to go out and meet people because if I didn't, I never would have spoken to a sinner. I didn't know anyone. I had no family. Mm-hmm. This, this to Heller's economic idea, we need to get our head out of our backside. There's life outside Dublin. It's lovely. It's a great place to live. It, there's a it's been a pain in the ass. Your partners have to drive two hours every day, but isn't it? Yeah, but you know what? That pain in the ass, Niall, is covered by the fact that we can live and we can breathe. And we know that, you know, when my son's communion came up, we can afford that because we're not killing ourselves to pay 2,000. Why would I pay 2,000 euro a month just so I could visit my mother every day? I love my mother to bits, but it's okay to see her once a month. It's okay. It's not going to kill her. It's not going to kill me. And at the end of the day, what will kill us through stress it's two and a half thousand euro a month in rent. But what Carl's suggestion is, of course, that if we didn't, if we had more, you know, reviews on a monthly basis or a year or a five yearly basis of people, that there's a lot of social housing, for example, in Kulak, where your husband works, there's quite a substantial amount of social housing all around that whole area, that many of those people shouldn't be there because they don't need to be there, that they could be much happier in Wexford or Wicklow or whatever it happens to be. And it would be better for you to be there if the rents were at a better price. But you know something? I wouldn't go. And that might sound terrible, but I wouldn't go back now because my life is down here. It's a really nice place. My kids are happy. My son's in a fantastic school. People know me here. You know, I can go into the shop and see the same person every day. So you're not a hillbilly is what you're trying to say? I'm probably a complete hillbilly now. (laughs) Yeah, but you know what? I'm happy. And I can can live here and I know people and I... There, it's just a different way of life and uh, to be honest if somebody offered me and no offence to Kulak sure it's a lovely area but if somebody offered me a place right beside his work I understand he'd be happier but I wouldn't take it because I like it where I am now the thing that Neve is saying though is that she acknowledges that there's life outside of where she lived and that you can go other places so that is actually not hillbilly that's an acceptance that no, there that's is a, there is she's a world not a beyond your post. By your definition, she's not a hillbilly no. because hillbillies want to stay in their area. They, no, they're just like, I only know what I know. If you're not from here, I don't want to know you. I only, I'm only doing whatever's here with the people that are here because I've always been here. You're not from here. You know, you shouldn't belong here. That, that to me is what I would generalize as a hillbilly mindset. Now, and that's not to have a go of people who are from rural areas because you can be from a rural area and well, not when be When you like look at places like in Limerick, like Moy Ross and, you know, uh, South Hill and all these places and Knockmahini uh, and Cork where you've got generations of families over and over again all living in the same housing estates, are they all hillbillies? They could be. Uh, I don't know. Like, I don't know all those Well, folks. by your definition, they are. You know, because well, they I'll want you to live there. If, if what you're saying is that you've got multi-generational unemployment where people are consistently underachieving in their life and that they embrace that well, then, by definition, it's kind of a rhetorical question. Okay. So, hillbillies. Yeah. Sorry, Neve. I'm, Neve, well, I'm delighted your situation is better now, and I'm delighted that you're happy where you live and where you are. Uh, do you believe that Old Murphy is wrong to suggest that people shouldn't be forced out, so to speak? Well, when I say forced out, you know, in other words, they're not going to get the area of their choice. He's saying that they are. In other words, he's given in to them. You can't promise that. He can't promise that. Well, he, is it, he is promising. He is promising. It's a ridiculous idea. I mean, at the end of the day, 
our first priority in life shouldn't be where we live. It should be that we live. And how we live. And how we live. And if we can, if I can do it with a two-month-old baby and I didn't know anybody, anyone can do it. It's not that bad. Okay, well, 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 hang on for a second, because Michael, you're on Classic Kids. How you Michael? Sorry, Noel. Good, Michael. You disagree with Carl? Yeah, I think he's very Darwinian kind of uh, survival of the fittest. Very right. cutthroat. Very, very cutthroat. Yeah, I don't agree with any... Mo- you don't agree with anything he says? No, n- yeah, more or less nothing. No, yeah, no, I can't think of anything he said now that I would agree with, no. Right, okay. So so at what point, you know, is he in... I mean, you have to give me something to go on here. I mean, you don't agree with him, but, like, what... Wait, there has to be specific, specifically something you don't agree on. Do you think he's a capitalist or something? No, he's far more in the lines of communist, socialist, but I think that the debate should well, be more along the lines... He's probably afforded some socialist you'll ever meet, but go on. Yeah, well, he sounds like a socialist to me, but the, the debate should be along the lines of um, what, what the government are doing, not what people are doing. This Why? Well, but so do, do people not have personal responsibility? Well, they do to a certain degree, but like this is more of a, a kind of a structural social issue, kind of. We elect these politicians, so we're giving them the kind of the responsibility and they're not living up to what they're being paid. Like, Owen Murphy's getting thousands of euros a month and he's not doing anything with it. Like, he's... Yeah. I mean, Owen Murphy says one thing. Like, Owen Murphy says he doesn't want to force people out, but his actions are forcing people out. Yeah. So it's like, you, you can't believe what a politician says. What they say and what they do are two different things. Michael, Carl here. Can I ask you something? That, what, what do you do with yourself? Just start a conversation with you. That's not irrelevant. Okay. All right. Well, do you have any skills, for instance... Without going into the conversation, is not about my employment. The conversation. Oh no, about you, you could be unemployed. I'm just asking. Do you have no, any this, particular this, this, skill that you no, learned, Carl? Carl, this is what you've been doing for the last half an hour. Talking absolute shit. Okay. Talking about the issues that aren't to do with the issue. So I don't know. What, well, what it is surely employment, unemployment, low income, high income are all to do with the issue of housing. I'm, and I'm actually really not having a, a. I'm not going at it from that angle at all. What I'm saying is, do you know anything that you went out and you did? You picked up that skill. You learned it, be it plumbing or wood carving or tap dancing. I don't really care, but you have some skill, don't you? What, what's your point, though, Carl? What, what are you getting at? Well, if you answer the question, I'll, I'll finish No, I won't. It. You tell me what you're getting at, because you're being a bit too vague and philosophical there, and I'd be more specific. I, I would have thought that it was a very direct skill. Okay, I'll be very... No, you weren't being direct, me. Well, no, I, I mean, it's a direct question. You no, just but choose it, not to answer it. Yeah, no, you're afraid of where it. it might go. No, I don't see its relevance to the conversation. Okay, well, you tell me what's relevant, and then we'll talk about that. Well, we're talking about social housing here, and we should be talking about how the government aren't doing anything, and how the government okay. are purposely messing things up. And then we're having these stupid debates about uh, people don't want to live in the back arse of Cork, people from Kerry so, don't want to live well, in Limerick. You, and, when you're like, saying you're that they're... Shite, like, you're talking about you shite. Okay, you've made that point five times. good word. You've used it quite a lot. Um, yeah, I'll keep making it, though. I'll keep okay. making it till it registers with you. Uh, well, I think it, it, it actually lowers the tone of your conversation with me because we could no, well, hang have on, a, a nice conversation without you're using... Calling people, you're calling people hillbilly. I don't really see it as a bad word, though. Shite is generally seen as a fairly people, bad word. Yeah, but you're calling people hillbillies and all sorts and criminals and racists for not living, for I not wanting said, to I live where they're from. Yeah, you kind of did in, in a polite way you did, so who's longer tone of the conversation? Okay, um, that's not really <laughs> making sense to me. I never call anyone a criminal. And when I said racist, I used the word xenophobe, which is different than racist. Yeah, well, it's kind but of getting back to the point way, about social housing. Michael, we can go around in a circle and we can all have a barnyard. The two of can put boxing gloves on later on if you want to. But the point is, the point that Carl is making, and I think everything he said has come down to one thing, that as well as the government having a job to do, we all have personal responsibility. Is that not fair enough? 
Yeah, but we're, we seem to be putting everything on the personal responsibility of citizens here, and the government are the ones messing it up, so it's very imbalanced. It's an imbalanced conversation. Do you, as do far you believe as the say. government is there to, to like, organise your life and do things for you and act as a servant to, the, to you individually? Do I believe that? Um, I would have to say I don't. Okay. All right, so so do, do me a favor, both of you, actually. Can we, Michael, can you hold on for a second? Because I have to go to break and gone over time. Uh, can I save me for a second? It'll be interesting to hear the end result of that conversation. All right, getting back just very quickly, okay, if I can, to Michael. And, uh, of course, in the studio with me is Carl Dieter. I want Carl to answer the question. Okay, so Michael believes, Carl, as you heard it before the break, that it's not all about personal responsibility. The government have a duty and they're failing in that. Simple. Sorry. And it's impossible to, to disagree with it when it's that broad of a brushstroke because there is obviously a need to provide He says you're overemphasizing the personal responsibility. Uh, well, I think that most of where a person's life ends up is due to decisions that they made in the past. Now that you can have bad circumstance, you can have bad luck, you can have ill health, all sorts of things. But Michael admitted himself that he has many skills which he obtained on his own. And I would assume that he then sells those skills in return for money. It's called a job or self-employment. And that the decisions he made when he was younger as to what skills he would learn and how much he would put into becoming better at whatever it is that he does would have something to do with the outcome in life that he has. Would you not agree with that, Michael? Yeah, but like I'm not responsible for the housing market. So my skill is not the housing market. Absolutely. And, and so you do house yourself, yeah. though. The politicians are elected to fix the housing market and the housing market is in such a shambles and it's kind of laughable at this moment that Owen Murphy still has a job, to be quite honest. And that's where the conversation should be. We should be out on the street. Well, okay, let, let's say you put in, you know, Frank Murphy tomorrow. You know, I mean, he's not going to be able to fix it because he's in exactly the same situation with the same people, with the same 10,000 in temporary accommodation, with the same, you know, 10,000 that's going to be in temporary accommodation next year, and, you know, and not enough houses. So he's not that's going to be able to fix it. the wrong attitude. We should, as citizens, put someone in there until they get it right. Give someone, you, got, you have six months to start doing it, and they don't do it in six months, they don't make any moves right, you're out. That's America. That'd be America, wouldn't it? Well, that's what we need to do. That's how bad the situation well, Jesus is. Jesus Christ is the only one you can put in there that would fix that, yeah, but sort look, that out in six months. You could fire Owen Murphy and put in Paul no, I never said it. Would, I never said it would be fixed in six months. I said they had, would start having to show within six months that they're actually getting somewhere. Well, in that would, case, like, Owen Murphy fits that metric because he has the rebuilding of really? the statistics that show really? that lots no, of no, people no. have been housed, that social housing no. output is up, that... No. Uh, sorry, that's just... Housing this is just this is just gobbledygook now. You're just spitting out nonsense now. He's not. He's it's, actually stating facts. Well, you choose to think that they're gobbledygook. Michael, I have to cut it a bit short which there because I need to go to Noreen before the news. Noreen, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, Noreen? Hi, how are you? Good, Noreen. Uh, what would you like to say? I, I would just like to say that, you know, in my situation, we're not all single parents. I was a single parent. I worked my butt off for two jobs. No matter how hard I tried, I, could, I was always that bit shot because of my age or that to try and buy a house. Houses are expensive down here in Kerry, just like they are in Dublin. And I went down the social, the housing list, and I was promised and promised, oh, yeah, yeah, it was 20 miles away from where my family lived, which was no big deal. I didn't give a damn. I mean, if I could get a house tomorrow in Leitrim, I'd take it. And it went down and went down and went down for four years. And meanwhile, my father got very ill and very sick. And they kept promising me, yes, you'll get a house. Yes, you have a house. Yes, you'll get you a house. And my father got very ill. And I always explained to him that I had a sister who was mentally handicapped, who I also needed to care for. And they always kept saying to me, oh, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it, and, you know, whatever. Anyway, time came along, and suddenly I was offered a house. 
Now, I didn't find out about this house from the council. It was a councillor who contacted me and told me. And when I got in touch with the council, they told me, oh, yeah, you have three weeks to take this house. Three weeks. Meanwhile, I was up and down to Cork to my sick father, who was in his 90s, mm-hmm. back and forth. And I said to him, look, lads, I can't see. I, I, it's physically not possible for me. You know, I can't. How can I make a 20-mile round trip every day work, make a 20-mile round trip every day to see my father and my sister and take care of him, and possibly come back again in the middle of the night and stay overnight and back and forth? And no matter how much I explained to, to them, they didn't want to hear it. And their attitude so was because like, of your, your personal circumstances at that particular time in your life. Yeah, they're yeah. oh well, tough. That's the way. And yeah, I mean, now don't get me wrong. There should be a level of common sense, I think, within within the housing department and the people who are dealing with individuals. And that's a whole different kettle of fish that the people who are trained to, to deal with people should be able to take a personal circumstance where you know you've got somebody who might be in a very poorly uh, state and needs attention or needs you to care for them that they should take that into consideration. They just more or less, said, and she she actually accused me of lying because I said, "Look, I got no." Letter saying that I had was offered a council house. No, no, no. I, I, no, I'm sorry for you short there, but I do understand the situation you're in. I'll tell you what, Carl Dieter's going to hang around uh, for the second part of the show for about 10 or 15 minutes because there's so many calls. Uh, if you want to call him in, uh, call him names, I was going to say. If you want to. <laughs> they do that you, anyway. Yeah, if you want to call in and chat to him, maybe you agree with him, maybe you disagree with him. It's quite, you know, basic and obvious to what he's saying uh, that basically we as human beings and as citizens of this country also have a personal responsibility when it comes to the mess that we're in when it goes to housing and not just the government. Uh, Richie says, oh, Murphy, Minister for Housing, was born with a silver spoon in his mouth. Zero personal experience with public housing. Shane Ross, Minister for Transport, doesn't drive. Captain Zapone, Minister for Children, childless. Uh, he goes on. Uh, Simon Harris, still waiting uh, on his appealed leaving cert results. And uh, does Leo go out of his way to pick the wrong man for the job? In other words, he's picked all the wrong people for the job in government. I, I, I think he's got a fair point. I mean, should people in government have a skill? At the, you know, the position. I mean, Captain Zappone doesn't have any children. The Minister for Education is not a school teacher. Yeah. The Minister for Finance is not an accountant. I mean, should we be picking, like, accountants to be Minister for Finance? Just very quickly, because I've got 20 seconds. I, I would say in finance, yes. But then someone like Catherine Zappone, I mean, she has worked with education for the less well-off for 25, 30 years. And it's given her massive insight into the I mean, whole yeah, area. But no disrespect of, to her. She doesn't have children. So maybe she doesn't have that same understanding that maybe yeah, but a I minister see, would I see people, that had children, male see, or female. I see people walking down the street at 9am who are drinking a flagon and have kids and they're hardly qualified due to the nature of having a child. Like that is not the acid test. The acid test is do they know they're brief because your brief as Minister of Children isn't to have kids. It's to take care of the welfare of children and understand those issues. So I would say it's it's slightly different things. It, it, it's not that simple. All right, okay. After break, Carl Rewak, uh, if you want to talk about housing crisis, maybe you're in that situation. Maybe you think Carl has been a bit of an ass. Let me know what you think. The number is 087188. Oh, no. 087188008. Or like Michael said, maybe Carl is talking shite. Some uh, texts, uh, some very complimentary of Carl Dieter, who's joined us to talk about the housing crisis. Uh, and uh, particularly, to the comments of Owen Murphy suggesting that um, people will not be forced to do anything. He says he won't be moving families out of their area of choice because this is a bone of contention for people who are not obviously on the home housing list. Taxpayers who are saying, hold on for a second, you can't be fussy. If the state are offering you a house somewhere, you have to take it. That's what they're saying. But not Owen Murphy. He's promising them a bit more than that. And Carl has joined me to discuss the matter. Also, we've got a caller on the air. Robert, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, Robert? Hey, Niall, how are things? Good. Uh, you think Carl is simplifying the matter a little bit, man? Uh, probably, yes. Uh, just a small bit, because if you look at the, the, the bigger picture, you're, you're inviting all these corporations to come into Dublin City to 
to build big monstrosities which are forcing out local communities into the suburbs. Why don't you address that situation? Why can't the big corporations move out and build their big buildings out in the suburbs? You mean like the Googles and the the Yahoos and YouTubes and everybody else, which are all of them? Well, some of them do. I mean, PayPal is up in Dundalk, isn't it? And Apple is in Cork and the outskirts of Cork and... So Dell used to be in Limerick, and you've got IBM right. out in West Dublin, and you know. So yeah, but if it, you look at the the destruction of, Go- of Dublin City at the moment, where you've built Google on Barrow Street, and it's uh, knocked down or some of parts of the old buildings of uh, Boland's Mill and stuff like that. And, and gas works, yeah. Yeah, you're expecting people then to move out into the suburbs where they've grown up. This is their local communities, and Carl then just mentioned there about calling people hillbillies because they're they're willing to stay within their own communities. But would he refer to the, the foreign refugees that come into their communities and don't integrate? Does he call them hillbillies as well? I, th- I think I'd the, like to get that. Yeah, I think the metric is if you're unaccepting of other people, other places, and other ways, well, then again, that's a rhetorical approach. If you're not willing to... Let him answer, Robert. If you're not willing to accept other people other places and other ways of doing things, then yeah, then, then they would be, no problem. The thing I think, though, about, about pushing the, the corporations out, I mean, they're huge employers. Like, no one lived in Boland's Mill. All of Barrow Street was, one side of it Bowen was Mill barren. Has, the other Bowen side was... Has was a historical, it has got historical um, relevance to yeah. Dublin City. Well, well I know, because be. my, my wife's grandfather was in Boland's Mill with his brother and... Uh, Devil well, that's great. That's, you know, that's, that's, great. that's how I know about that because I never really studied Irish history. But I'm not saying that it's not significant, but it doesn't mean that you just leave something there to rot for you know, well, 80 years. Well, it, shouldn't, it shouldn't be left to rot. It should have been looked after by your own government, not building some big monstrosity and, and destroying the city. We've lost all pride in ourselves as a, as a country and as a nation. We're willing to, you're saying, oh, we invite everybody in and we should accept them. Well, you're saying accept them and give up your own home of where you come from in your community to let these people in. I think that's wrong. Yeah, you see, now you're touching on what I would was kind of getting at, where you're saying don't accept people no. in, keep them out well, of your look, community. You, you're that's the, one, the mentality you're, you're, that I was, I was actually giving out about. So, yeah, we're on the opposite the side one, of the fence on this one. But you're, you're the one that's throwing the labels around. You're calling people hillbillies because they're not willing to do that. But yet, the communities that we're accepting into our country, they don't integrate into the community. So are you going to call them hillbillies as well? Well, I already did say that, but I also don't accept that they don't integrate because I'm an immigrant and I feel fairly integrated. Well, it would be fair to and, say, and I mean, I think well, most no, hang on, on Carl and Robert's defence, you know, all you got to do is go around, you know, Dublin particularly where you have the most amount of immigrants. You know, Polish people tend to live in the same communities. Nigerian people tend to live in the same communities. Uh, you know, so they, I mean, and don't get me wrong, the Irish did it when they went to Chicago and New York as well. And they still do. And they still do. But, you know, the point he's making is, that if you're going to, if people are going to come in and move people out of the communities, well, then we should be protecting those communities for Irish the, people. There's a difference between having a lot in common with people that you uh, grew up around or that have similar things like similar languages. For instance, if you moved to Poland and you knew that there was other people who spoke English, you might naturally make friends with them quicker than you would because you didn't know the language. That's a different thing than saying, I am not leaving this area because it's mine I don't know other people in other places. I'm not willing to move down the street. 
That's, it's, a very, it's a fair point, and, Robert. And, and, and you know, it's a but, bit nuanced. Okay, but, but it's Rob, different than oh, what you're okay. describing. Okay, let me put it, Robert. I mean, it's well known that you know people, particularly, I suppose, in working class areas, and let's just play, call a spade a spade here. When we talk about Dublin, for example, the likes of say Finglas, Tala, Ballyferma, Cherry Orchard, all these kind of places, working class areas, that you know they're generational. You know, the young kids, you know, when they grow up, they want to get married and they want to buy or get a house back in the area near their mom and dad. I mean, that's why these properties are so valuable. I mean, in, you know, you've got three bedroom, you know. Houses, you know, in the middle of Ballyfermot for four hundred and fifty thousand euro, because there's big demand for them. They want they want them as social housing, or they want to move back into them. But sorry, Niall, but just just the bigger picture is, it's not the local people that are driving up the house prices. It's not us. You can't. We can't be held responsible for the way the house prices have went and the rental properties have went. That's not our responsibility. That's down to the government. They've caused this problem in the country. And until they start taking responsibility for what they're doing to this country, we're never going to get anywhere. Because if you keep on throwing around labels, xenophobes, hillbillies, racists, they're, they're all just labels. They mean nothing these days. Because people just want to be in their own communities. And if you're going to be held, thrown a label at people just because they want to be within their own communities, surely you see that there's something wrong with that. Can I ask you a question, Robert? Do you believe, and I hear this phrase a lot on the show, we should look after our own first? Do you, do, you, do you believe that sentiment? Well, I, I believe that the Irish people should come first in their own country. And if we can mind our own people, then absolutely we should be looking after anybody who comes into the country coming from a war-torn uh, scenario. But at the moment, we're not putting the Irish people first. We're putting people ahead of us. If we've got all these homeless people on the streets, uh, I don't understand that. How can we invite more people into a country where we've got a, an out-of-control homelessness situation as it is. It just doesn't make sense. Okay, and I, I would probably agree with you that we need to have more control in relation to our borders. When we do have a problem of 10,000 people in, in accommodation, 90,000 people on a housing list, and out of that 90,000, for example, in Dublin, 37% uh, of those, or 37, is it 37,000? No, 37% of those in Dublin alone are non-Irish. I think that is a problem when you consider that only 13% of the population are non-Irish. Uh, let me go to Michael. Michael, you're on Classic Kids. How you doing, Michael? I know, I know you're thinking about that girl. Uh, sorry, Michael, go ahead. Yeah, I am. I I am looking for somewhere with, with my fiance. Now she's from Dublin. I'm from Limerick. I'm on the housing list twenty years. Now I've never been offered anything. I went down to them loads of times, and I have said because of this housing crisis, it, it, this is the way it is. As simple as that. If you get a place, they offer you a place, no matter where it is, you have to take it because you're not going to get anything else. And, and have you? Where are you living at the moment with your with your fiance? Well, we're, we're we're going from friend to friend and things like that. We're going from friend to friend and things like that. And, 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 and sorry, can you move away from your radio because it's a bit confusing, Michael? Sorry. Yeah. Okay. okay. So, so, is your girlfriend living with you, or is she living in Limerick and you're living where? Yeah, she's she's down here with me at the moment. Yeah, we're kind of sofa surfing, as you say. Sofa surfing. And are yeah. you working at the moment, or what are you doing? No, I'm on disability. Okay. And does that not get you further up the housing list? Well, no, because every time I go down and I say, well, look, I live anywhere, you just give me a house or whatever, they're telling me that I have to register as homeless before that the council won't help me or do anything until, even though I'm on that house. So why don't you just register as homeless, though? What's stopping you from doing that? I'm doing it. I'm down today to do it. After 20 years? I have an appointment that happens, too. So you're going down today after 20 years? No, I'm going down today to register as homeless. The only thing, Niall, yeah. is 
I have a bit of a, a, a past and I don't want to be going back into a hostel over that. And that's what they say they do. That's the only thing they say that they can offer me at and the what, moment. Can I ask you, what, Michael, if it's not super much of a personal question, what's your disability? What, what is your, your disability? I used to do a lot of door work and I got, I got a, a, a few people got me for it. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. So, so were, you, were, you ba- were you badly injured? Yeah, my back and things like that. Oh, your back. You have a bad yeah, back. Well, yeah, I got danced on, in other words. Wow. Right. And, yeah. and tell me, in the, in the 20, so for 20, some of the 20 years you were working, I'm guessing. Oh, yeah, a long time ago, yeah. And and at that stage, were you sofa surfing? No, at that stage, I actually had my own place and everything. It just, at that time, things fell apart, and I don't want to really get into why or whatever, because it's... Um, yeah, but there's a, okay, so there's a circumstance there, yeah, and I, know, yeah. I understand that. Okay, but, but okay, so you find yourself at a bit of a dead end now, and you just can't get any further. And what about well, what about yeah, your partner? Well, You're not married. Can can she claim she's homeless? She can up in Bray, but no. While I was on the phone, oh, I thought she was in Limerick. Sorry, sorry. You go. Yeah, she's in Limerick, but she's still up there, and uh, she's still from there. They're telling her she can't um, put her name down here. And she's why well, she's already on the list in Bray. Yeah, it's a very complicated story, Michael. With the greatest respect to you. And while I was on the phone to you there, some fellas after text some Polish lad texts me saying that um, oh, I have a place for you, the perfect place for you. And um, it sounds too good to be true. Right. Why, he heard you on the radio? No, he didn't hear me. He was texting me while I was waiting. He texted me, says, because I put it up on Facebook, I'm looking for a place. And he says... Well, and what's, well, your, what's your budget? Oh, they will give me the hat for 430. He says he'll take it. And he has to pay a two-bedroom house for 700. Sounds a bit too good to well, be and true. And is your girlfriend working? No. So, so if neither of you work, work it's, it's just really ma- yeah, it doesn't matter where you live. You can live anywhere in the country. There's loads of places you'd be able to get. That's what I'm saying. I would yeah, take well, anywhere. I well, I, well, I can see what the problem is. Then, yeah, actually, no, you're on the ball there because we are going. We are going to go out to Limerick, like uh, we are actually yeah. viewing places at the moment. Okay. Well, the, the point I'm trying to make, Michael, is you're both unemployed. You're you long term unemployed. You're disabled. You're going to qualify for HAP. That's the way yeah. the system works. And, like you have and, to. And you're both getting money from benefits from the the state. So I don't see a, I don't see why you're in the situation you're in. I have no. I, I mean, maybe it's time you just start looking around. Let me go to Seamus. Seamus, you're on Classic Kids. Hey, there, Seamus. Oh, sorry, Seamus. It would help if I actually switched your arm, wouldn't it? Sorry, Seamus. Go ahead. Yeah, all right. How are you doing? Good, Seamus. You don't, you don't agree with Carl? Uh, I don't. I've listened to him many times. and um, He's got a lot of airtime over the last couple of years to news talking about the stations, as far as I can recall. Mm-hmm. I do listen to the, a lot of the, the issues that, that are going on in various states, including your own, especially in relation to this issue. I've worked in this area well back in the day, in the banks and all the rest. However, I don't agree. I just agree. I, I just think, basically... Sometimes certain people are singing to the tune of uh, this liberal government, open the floodgates, let everybody in, and effectively destroy uh, what is um, an Irish society. Uh, like at the moment, there was a documentary on recently about properties in Dublin 4 and in around Rings End and areas like that, and looking for places, looking for um, rent of about €8,000 per month. Ridiculous numbers based on them. Um, the hope and, and expectation that like Google, uh, corporate employees and, uh, from the likes of Google and Facebook and whatnot will be living there. It is destroying the place. They, the government, government are destroying our society. They'll open the floodgates in, but they won't take care of the ten, uh, well, what is currently above 10,000 homeless people. Now, I know there's just various circumstances within those figures, and mm-hmm. the figures can be possibly like uh, exaggerated to some level, but I don't believe so. I think... 
But yeah, there is, there people, is genuine people in genuine people, circumstances. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of genuine people in genuine circumstances trying to work hard and do what they can do. and li- uh, They're not being um, reimbursed. This government is basically... And uh, I, I don't disagree with everything uh, that Dieter says. I've, you know, he's, got, he's made some really important points in other programmes, other shows I've listened to. However, I do believe that fundamentally... Irish people should be looked at, looked after first. Then, you know, charity begins at home. You look after your own Irish people in the Irish state. That's not what this government are doing. Leo Varadkar, Simon Harris, uh, Simon Coveney and, uh, and company are basically doing anything they can to basically rub shoulders with the heads in Europe as it stands. They're using Brexit as a tool to keep themselves in power and not call it general election. They don't give two Fs, basically, I shouldn't say, about the Irish people. And that's a fact. The facts are there. I don't think Carl would. I don't think Carl would inherently disagree with that statement. By the way, but no, sorry, but, but like, I, okay, I, but, I, but I, I, let Carl respond to everything you said there. You had quite a lot to say there, Shane. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. and, and a lot of those points, like they'd seem like prescient points, and I think taken in isolation, sometimes they are hard to disagree with. But the whole thing of like, for instance, take care of Irish first. There is this idea of of, of uh, kind of humanity and human rights in which we are all equal. And then when you get down to that and you have two people who are in need of the same thing, be it healthcare or housing or, or, or school plays, that you've got to start picking sides. And in that case, I don't believe there's evidence that Irish people are t- being told, no, you go and suffer while uh, someone from somewhere else is given preference. I, 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 I think you're I wrong. Disagree. I, I disagree with you. I disagree with you as well, Carl. I totally disagree with you. This Liberal government have opened the floodgates to any nationality through the mm-hmm. free movement of people and whatnot to allow anybody to come in and take over. The system itself has proven itself defunct in terms I mean, of... I mean, well, hang on. I'm going to disagree with Carl as well, apparently. Totally disagree with you. Okay, but well, okay, let me give Carl an example of that. No, because he, he, okay, because, because Carl is looking for an example of that. I mean, okay, recently there, okay, I, I struggle. You're like everybody else. I've got a mortgage. I've got bills. Okay, I'm well paid. I'm not suggesting I'm not for a minute, but I'm certainly not working in RTE, right? Uh, so, like most people, at the end of the month, I've no money, right? Um, but I have to pay for my sons to go to college, my daughter to go to college when she goes eventually in about two years' time as well. Um, you know, And I watch people come into this country you know, claiming to be asylum seekers. Many of them are not actually asylum seekers at all. They're economic migrants. Mm-hmm. And and then I have a government and university colleges and Trinity College and everyone else offering them free education, giving them a free laptop and 1,500 euro spending money. And I'm going, hold on for a second. I live in this country. I've been paying tax on my life in this country and I have to pay three and a half grand. So I, I just see yeah. a huge disparity in the way people no. are being treated. Okay, let me address that. No, and I, and, I, and I, I don't believe that's racist to say that. No, I, I just want, I want, I want fairness. But I will address well, you specifically. Hang okay. on, so, oh, sorry, can I just say just something? Just, just I agree with your comments there. Like, I disagree with Dieter Holy on this. I think he's it, uh, now. I'm not throwing dirt here, but it, it almost sounds like someone who's singing from the government book, like somebody who's on the payroll saying the right thing that will synchronise with what the government have in place at the moment, which is defunct. I bet, I bet, I bet he wishes he was on the people. government payroll. But yeah, well, yeah, I, yeah, I, be... I, I tell you one thing: I can't wait for a general election because I hope to God that this government are pushed out and we're in for a change. Because it's just not. Working. Well, yeah, but the problem is, shame is the problem is a change of what know, to who. Change back to no, fifty-five. Yeah. But like Irish people, fundamentally, they're not being they're, they're not being supported. Okay, let, let, let Carl ask that question because I'm running out of time, Seamus. I've only got five minutes. Okay. So you mentioned your situation and you said, "Look, I have a it's job." Just, no, that's just an example. Not, I know, but yeah, I want loads to, of people with examples. I want to give your exact example an exact response, and that way, then we're really communicating in a good way. So. What you're saying is you've got these people come in, their kids get laptops, they get blah, blah, blah. Okay, are the parents of those children in a similar circumstances to Niall Boylan? No, they're not. 
No, they might not have a job like yours. No, they might not have an income like yours. But I've but no, we're, I'm, we're, but, but, you, but I've, you I've no problem Boylan, that they were born in this country and they were, were, they were paying taxes in this country. If, but Niall, no issue Boylan, with that. if Niall Boylan was as uh, less well off as the parents that you're discussing. You're not, you're not making benefits. a fair point, Carol. It is fair. You know, you're not making your, a fair point because no, 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 hang on. If the people you're, you're talking about were Irish people who lived in this country all their lives and were born in this country, I would agree with you completely that people who were less well off should certainly be looked after and helped and supported, right? But when you have a situation where you have people very poorly are poor in this country, and we have quite a lot of poverty in this country, okay? Mm-hmm. And, and people, the same as, okay, as the people and, who and, come and, here from and abroad. And, and we poor. look after them. I'm quite happy, you know, as a part of society that, you know, and I do have good morals, that my taxes go to support people who are less well off than me. I'm quite happy for that. But I'm not happy to see that my taxes go to supply money and to supply a way of life for people who just nonchalantly walk into this country illegally. Uh, well, if they're walking in illegally, do they get all of these things? Is yes. that what you're saying? So when people walk, when people present themselves at the port in this country with no visa, they're illegally entering the country. No, they then claim asylum. No, yes, yeah, sorry. No, can I just sorry? Just, I just have to interject. I'm, I'm kind of getting tired of this. This topic has come up t- time and time again. I do feel bad for a lot of Irish people. I know a lot of Irish people in horrible circumstances mm. and who are doing well as well in this country. But listening to the comments of Dieter there, like he's just singing from this liberal uh, handbook that. I don't know, resonates with the words of the government and the policies they have in place at the moment. It's not working. You know, if you look at Canada and you look at Australia as a classic example, they look after their own people first and then the hand of charity. Yeah, and, and by the way, I, I do believe in the hand of charity and I do believe in what Carl says in relation to humanitarian grounds. There are people who are generally coming from war-torn countries like places like Syria, etc. But the last time I looked, in a lot of the countries that people are coming from to this country, there's no civil war. So, and, and people are coming here as economic migrants. Carl, you have to accept that. Look... If that's if that's your entire complaint, it's not what you're saying. It's not. I'm no, just basing what Shane is saying. So what you're saying is the children. I'm of, not everything we talked about today is not based on what okay. I've just said. By the way, but, so so if someone came from Syria and their kids get a free education, that's you're great. agreeing to that. No, that's okay. Yeah. Okay. So that's so you've fine. agreed with it. Yeah, but, but but the majority of those people who are doing that are coming into this country and those, under those circumstances are not. That's a genuine. Problem, are right? not genuine <laughs> asylum seekers. That's a and, and a issue. lot of people that see, has to do with how ninety thousand people in the space of a short few years. And a lot of people are saying, hold on for a second, we've got a problem in this country. We've got so many people, you know, who can't get housing. We don't have enough housing. A third we've got of so those many, are got, returning got, people who are we've from We've got so here. many people waiting two and three years for operations in hospitals. The country's a mess. It might look like it's a little bit better than it was, but it's still a mess. And yet we're allowing people to pour into this country and we don't have the facilities for it. If everything was right, we'd all our eyes dotted and then we had enough money to go around. Happy days. Bring in as many as you want. I love diversity. As long as it's diversity of skilled people and people who come here with permission. Because that's the way a border works. Yeah, and no one ever drowned going into a country legally. You know, that's the, the conversation. That's where, that's where the facts rest. But what I would say and what you have to counter with is if your issue is people presenting illegally who are economic migrants, then it's not the job of housing. It's not the job of education to it's weed that out. It's, it's the, the, job, the, it's the office of immigration, of justice, of foreign affairs. Well, we, we had a, and a, that is a separate we, issue. We so currently have a member of Angarda Shia who's under investigation for stamping a thousand visas for foreign nationals, Pakistanis and, and Indians in Ireland. And I he enjoys his time in jail. Ten grand where, a pop. Where guards get special treatment unlike you know, the only people who get it worse than them are the ones who interfere with kids. And look, he will get his comeuppance. If indeed you he's guilty of a crime. Say, you cannot say if it, yeah, if what he's alleged of... But that, that's happening guilty. for a whole time in this country. People, that, how many illegal people are living in this country? 
you know, I don't even know what those numbers probably are. Figures, probably figures, 360,000. But the fact is that that's a separate complaint than the it's issue not, of housing. It's not, but it's all part the, of the, the issue. Yeah, because the more because of a population you have, the together. more resources you're using up, Carl. It's all part together. of it. But it's part of it. It's not everything. It's part of it. Mm-hmm. And you have to accept that. Carl Dieter, I appreciate you coming in Niall, you and taking again. the flack, you big <laughs> hillbilly. <laughs> After the break, by the way, would you, give a, would you give a wedding present if you were invited to a wedding and you didn't go? I would. Would you? If someone invited me, I could. Look at you, Mr. Generous, on your cheap (laughs) motorbike. (laughs) Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi award winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic hits.